0: You're listening to the Potato Candy Network.
1: Hello and welcome to Blank Scenario. I am Marie, a.k.a. Queen Yellow, and none of the guys are allowed to speak. Emily, go.
2: (laughs) Ring, ring. Hello.
0: (laughs) (laughs) In today's
1: episode, because
2: I have the power of editing (laughs) and I can shut you idiots up. Okay, how would you run? No, you can't shut
1: them up. We have to knock them out.
2: All right, uh, I've got a blank scenario prompt here. How would you make the treasure hoard a trap?
1: I think the first question is, do they start in the treasure hoard, or is this going to be the end point?
2: I would say that for, I like the idea that they've been going through this, and they've made it through a few traps, Gotten to know each other a little bit better, starting to warm up, and then one of the players asks, So, what is it we're supposed to find? And you begin the running time.
1: You can even have it where they're told to get an item, but they don't know what the item is. They know it's red and yellow and shiny. You'll know it when you see it.
2: Walk into a room that's entirely of gold and giant objects and glittering and spheres and sparkles, and they're going, <laughs> Right. Rogues so just pocketing everything.
3: I instantly have a direction to take this. Mm-hmm. That it's all based off of children's educational rhymes. Gosh. So they're told that it's red and yellow. Red but yellow red and yellow, kill a fellow.
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> so you want something that is red and black. Because then Venom lack.
2: Ah. Friend of Jack. Very good,
3: Jack. Yes. <laughs> or is friend of Jack.
2: <laughs> that too.
3: That you could have this dungeon that is meant to be... I don't know how serious or how trolly you want this to be, but is meant to be like an educational dungeon that teaches you what you're supposed to do as you go through it. And if your players pay attention to what's on the walls, it would be telling them what to do, how to succeed, exactly how to pass. But they have to actually ask, hey, is there anything on the wall? (laughs)
1: This is like for the drow, for whenever they come of age, they have to know, did you learn enough in high school to graduate? Walk through here. If you survive, you graduate. You're fine. It's actually
3: perfect. Well, on the flip side of that, just to keep the conversation going, one of my go-tos always is Tomb of Horrors, because the traps that are created there are not traps that you roll to surpass. They're traps that you have to think your way through. You have to pay attention to what's going on and make the right choice. Much less rolling a dice and saying, oh, I survived. Because that's luck of the die. Yeah. Well, it, it came out of that experience of people that were saying their characters couldn't be killed. And so I think it was Guy Gax that wrote it. <laughs> Basically wrote a uh, entire dungeon where in the very first section you could die because you climbed into something that just disintegrates you.
0: Do we want these to have real world repercussions for our characters or is this straight up a dummy dungeon that we're making?
1: I think this would be better with real-world applications, because you could have skeletons you come across in a room and realize, oh, hey, maybe we should not do over that guy did.
3: Okay, so what is our first lock-in? You want this to be a dungeon?
2: My lock-in is that the treasure is a trap. Okay.
1: Something about it is booby trap. So the initial traps would be... Like Whatever you feel like making them. Because they would be minor. Like, you might get shot with an error of, like, two damage. You might yeah. have minor burns. The final one, then you're like, we survived the trap. We did this. We're fighting a demon. Yeah, it's like a chamber a of secrets learning level, curve. <laughs> level danger.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: This is where I go back to the nursery rhymes. What are some survival nursery rhymes mm-hmm. that you could throw in that would be fun with this? Like, I don't want to make it super simple, but that seems mm-hmm. to be... If you're looking to punish your players, usually the simplest way is the best way, because then it at least they won't feel cheated, because yeah. they'll feel like, oh, I was the dumb. Yeah. It's like Jack and the Beanstalk. He keeps going to get stuff, but
0: the harp sings, so it gives him away. The goose makes noise, so that gives him away. That was all he went after, right?
1: Uh, He took gold, I think, the first time the in gold. the original story. But, yeah, the first few challenges. Yeah. Yeah, he-
3: I he would now cool. love to introduce Zorbo, the genial giant. That. That is the owner of this jun- this dungeon. He's not gentle. He will kill you. But he is genial. He'll give you an opportunity.
1: <laughs> See, I was gonna say you have the dungeon entrance you go into, and you have the merchant who needs something red and gold from that's so All he knows about it just it's the items red and gold. Go find it. You walk in, you find the nursery rhyme. You might find an item that didn't kill you. You walk out. That's not the item. What do you mean? It's red and gold. They'll, that's not. It's not triggering it. It's not the item. Okay, back into the cave, look again. Well, there's a room we missed, so we have to go into that room and figure out, is this it? No, it's not it. Oh, goodness. And just constantly sending them in and out of trying to find this item until they find the one that is actually a treasure that is actually evil.
0: That'd be good, because like, if they have to go through encounters over and over mm-hmm. to get it to the other items, it and you don't get to rest, you don't get health points back... You just got to keep going.
1: Because they could still take a rest if they wanted to, but if it, one of the things like, well, I'm paying you if you find it in the first day. If it takes you longer, you get less money. So how much money do you want off of this?
3: Ooh, Now that's an idea. <clears throat> I don't know if this needs to be more of like a personal taste preference, but you want the treasure to be a trap. What if the trap isn't specifically the treasure literally, but it's the act of going to get it that's the trap? So you've got a merchant that is telling them, I want this red and yellow thing. They go and get it. They're told no, like what Marie's saying. But then he says, well, leave this one here just in case so that you don't get confused again and go see if you can find something else. And meanwhile, while they're gone doing that, he's selling this item.
1: Isaac, eventually they'll die and you just loot the bodies and sell that. He didn't didn't come up with that one.
0: I didn't. I didn't. I I love the idea, though. So I'm going
3: to lock it in (laughs) because I like it. A devious merchant
0: that is
2: trapping
3: <laughs> so, them into getting treasure for him.
2: And by the time they come out in the final, he's been able to hire some muscle to protect himself in case you decide to get angry and attack him.
3: Yeah, it's like he comes,
0: you come back and he's out of breath. <laughs> and you're like, I'm the one who should be out of breath. I've been doing all this work. I just was away for a moment. Uh, that's not, <laughs> not it. Go. Yeah. Okay.
3: This is his cycle. Yeah. That he. So whenever it hires starts, he hires you guys on to take on some adventurers that are going into a cavern and stealing from him and you kill off those adventurers. And then he says, well, while you're at it, by the way, it's too dangerous for me to go in. I have this other cavern that I'm aware of. Would you be willing to do that? And his cycle is by the end of it, whenever you guys are supposed to be coming out with the last one, he'll have the next group prepared that he's told the exact same thing to. Oh man. What if it's like you, he's giving you vague descriptions on purpose?
1: And some of the items could be cursed in here, too. So it does Mm -hmm. make sense for him to send in actual adventures. So you could pick up an item and all of a sudden your hand's on fire. So some items are cursed, some are not. He knows a vague description of what's not cursed enough to give you an inkling of, okay, this should be fine to bring back. Maybe this is what he's looking for. Have some ancient tome he's reading off of in a language no one understands because it's gibberish, of course. And eventually it'd be a question, does the party catch on to this? Or do they just wear themselves out or even just walk away? Because they don't have to wait around. The they pay. they could just leave. And he just repeats it again.
3: Mm-hmm. Does this befit the style you were looking for?
2: I mean, it's close. Okay. It seems a little bit easy. I mean, typically you go through and in the vein of trolling people, it works.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Pretty solid. Another layer you could put on this.
3: I oh. think my question is, do you want this to end in a potential combat or a tpk because that whenever i hear that the treasure is the trap typically that's what my mind leads to that when you leave you're dead if you take this treasure
2: no more so like it just punishes you for finding it i wasn't going for okay. tpk that was my other prompt this prompt is just it punishes you okay. for getting it
3: then that's a different direction you think
2: it's like yay treasure galore and you get out of there and something happens
1: and you, yeah you got money but you also have been cursed by this item um, a second layer you could put onto is is you've got them merchants sending them in. It's just a scam, right? Until they find the air quotes ultimate treasure that's like behind this door. There's a secret le- lever they pull and there's this, like one urn in a room. And like this has to be it. But this is the one thing that's been so hidden because everything else is presented in front of you to keep you from finding this. The idea of hiding in plain sight kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You don't look for a trap door and the treasure is lying on the floor. Say so you hide this and this is the thing that has, you know, a demon locked into it. And so you bring that back to the guy like, does this work? And all of a sudden he's panning. He's like, uh, (laughs) I don't want to touch that because I might be killed with you guys in like the next five minutes. (laughs) So you can get the, you get kind of two levels of danger of you might just be scammed and killed, or you might accidentally find a thing that's going to kill you.
3: Do you have a preference on how much punishment you want this stuff to give to the players because i have an idea
2: it doesn't end in death that's my only stipulation okay
3: one of my favorite things to watch on whose line is it anyway is a prompt there's one called multiple personalities and then there's one called stand sit bend and in it it's essentially the same show it's the what if you do the scene but Mm -hmm. and um, in multiple personalities when they're holding an item they have to take on a personality of a certain famous individual usually something like john wayne or sean connery or scooby-doo and same thing with stance at bend is that during the scene everyone has the scene has to constantly have one person standing one person sitting and one person bending over or laying down that's the other one and as the characters adjust they have to exchange with it what if with this prompt you have a treasure piece that the goal becomes to get out of this dungeon because this treasure piece is forcing your team to either move strangely or anytime somebody holds on to it, they think that they are somebody else.
1: <laughs> so w- once you That'd pick it funny. up, you can't put it down, but someone can take it from you.
3: Yeah, you can only exchange it between. It cannot yeah. be let go of.
1: It, can't be it must out of be hand. given,
3: and it cannot be taken.
1: Oh, I was going to say you can't give it away because you're that person. but Someone else could take it out of your hands, but as soon as they do, they're not holding it. And you're can't. you going to hold on to it. It can't be knocked out of your hands. So you can take the personality on, but you can't just lose it. Someone in your party is going to be the insane, crazy person from down the street from your hometown until you get out.
3: That's why I say given. Because then nobody can take it from me. I have to give it to you. But if I keep it, I'm going to be crazy. And if you want to work with me, you better be willing to take it. So I'm going to give it to you.
2: But you're not aware that you're crazy for you. It's just like, oh, yes, I'm perfectly normal because Mm -hmm. your brain works with it. They see you as being crazy and your brain's just like, no, this this is who I've always been. What are you talking about? Why can't you accept me for who I am?
0: The problem I would have with that, though, is I need the other players to be on board with acting a certain way, right? If they were the ones who picked it up, or do I want to have mm-hmm. NPCs that I control that are the ones switching stuff back and forth going forward? I
1: think, I think Casey, the issue I'm seeing with yours is you have to give it to someone. Mm-hmm. But like Emily said, if you think you're... What? It's
3: the one thing that's different than yours. That's where you see the problem. No.
1: Okay. So I think I'm John Wayne by holding this. Yeah. The only way it rivets did to give someone else. Why would yeah. I, as John Wayne, give someone an item? John Wayne. Is it beca- like you awesome. naturally ask for it kind of thing? Or it, I mean, am I you... directly handing you subconsciously John Wayne?
3: So here's the difference. What you guys are looking at it as you are unaware that you are this person. Yeah. What I am saying is you are aware of this affliction. So you're willing to carry it out because you kind of oh. have to, but you are aware that you are dealing with it okay. in what I'm saying. If you're doing the multiple personalities, then sure, it would probably make more sense for you to be unsure of it. But if it's something like a physical ailment, you're going to be okay. aware of the oh, fact okay. that your okay. right arm yeah. falls off every time you hold it.
1: Okay. That, yeah.
3: But it has to be held in your left hand. Mm. So it just depends upon where you want to take it.
1: Or it'd be like a personality trait that when you pick up the item, you know yeah. you'll be greedy, but you can't choose to take that on.
3: The, yeah. One comparison I was going to make is in the the Cholt yep, campaign that, that, that D&D know, okay. came yeah. out. They have special items that you're able to get in this dungeon, but it gives your characters personality flaws. And what they end up doing at the end of it is, depending upon how much you play up that flaw, if you perfectly imitate that flaw, then you get that item at the end of it. Otherwise, that item... Disappears. The nice thing about doing it this way is it kind of gets past Isaac's issue with it, in that it gives them that option to play up that role because there will be, even with Cholt, there's a voice in their head that tells them how they're supposed to behave. They can choose to behave how they want. But ultimately, at the end, if you want that item, you're going to have to behave that way. And that may be the thing if we do the merchant, that's what the merchant will tell them is that you're going to hear a voice, follow that voice. And then you, as the DM, get to come up with some really fun ones that they then get to follow. Which, if they don't, they just don't get the item.
1: So they walk out of the tomb, don't have the treasure. Merchant's like, "What? What? would you do? Where's the treasure? Well, I was just holding it. You didn't listen to the voice, did you? Aha. Uh-huh. got to go back and get it now. Nope, nope, gotta go back.
0: <laughs> and it's a lot easier to take on a certain negative characteristic than it is to take on an entirely new persona. Yeah, when, yep. like if you're if you're a IQ of or intelligence of eight character mm-hmm. and then it's like you're a brainiac it's like oh died. i don't know how I. Would one plus one like, equals even, two yeah yeah you, you actually start making cohesive sentences e
2: equals mc squared
0: mm-hmm. and and that that would be it's easier to move with an infliction than it is to entirely change my character on the spot mm-hmm. so do you want to Personally. lock that in so the answer is yes
3: yeah mm-hmm. item grants yep. personality flaw
1: yeah and it could be personality flaw or even a physical ailment of some kind. You just kind of balance between the two.
3: Okay, so we've got two down. What else do we need? Hmm. What do you want to flavor this jun- dungeon as? Do you want it to be extremely deadly? Do you want it to be like a Sesame Street? Do you want it to be jungle? Do you want it to be medieval dungeons? Do you want it to be an ancient dwarven tomb? What you thinking?
2: Well, if it's an ancient dwarven tomb, that kind of help with the uh, tricks and the characteristics of everything. Because if dwarves build it, it's going to be clever and unbreakable.
1: And small. Mm-hmm. You're not going to have these huge, tall, wide tunnels. It's going to be small tunnels built for dwarves who are four feet tall, and your six-foot-five dragonborn is not going to have fun. And one of your personality flaws that you can add to that for flavor is
2: claustrophobia. Oh. Ooh, that'd be really So good. all your characters, <laughs> so, so the merchant need. be like, just, just so we're clear, is anybody claustrophobic? And everybody's like, no, no, claustrophobic. And goes, okay, cool.
1: And go. Remember, don't pick up anything red and yellow.
3: So it's an old dwarven ruins of some kind.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So the traps can be very mechanical in nature then potentially and built into the rock very well. I think hard to spot. One question I have is how do you get out? So we've established kind of that you have to keep the items and have to work with them a little bit to get them out potentially or at the very least you have to survive the item to get out with it. But are you getting out the way you came in? Because if the merchant's sending you in for air quotes the item and you still haven't found it. You're not going to just keep picking up random items. You're going to be very careful about what items you pick up. Mm-hmm. So it almost feels like it needs to be one or two trips rather than twenty. So you've got like the first four, you know, forks in the in the path mapped out. Mm-hmm. The rest of it, you have no idea.
2: Yeah, because it's always moving. But every time a, a boulder shifts or a wall changes or something hidden behind it, maybe it's an ancient relic. Maybe it was a learning thing for the dwarves.
1: D and D pickers, you never know what you're going to find. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs>
0: I mean, the constantly moving of the dungeon makes it easier as a DM because you're giving yourself a shortcut. After the third time that they've gone in, you get to decide how far it is that they go in, and they already know which ways not to go at this point. So Mm -hmm. I like that, but that's not really something to lock in, I suppose.
1: It would be if your party actually maps it out. Otherwise, it would be kind of relevant as you go in, and you're pretty sure there are two paths here at one point, but now it just veers to the right. So you follow that, and now you're in a room that you've never seen before. Oh, it's right not like they're doing a lock in that the, at the end. Um, the the pathways are constantly changing, or there's yeah. at least it doesn't a have to be like of some yeah. sort. I wouldn't say it's like daily; it's a brand new thing. But every now and then, a wall opens, a wall closes. So there's a rough map, but it's not always perfect.
3: The mm-hmm. dungeon evolves and changes. Yep. Okay, so that's our four. So we've got a the treasure is a trap. It mm-hmm. grants a personality flaw or an ailment. There are dwarven ruins. And the ruins shift and change.
2: Yeah, that'd make it a challenge to get in and out. So if you're giving directions to your players, left, right, left, 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 right. Mm-hmm. A, they have to remember it. B, it has to work. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then at that point, you just play it on your characters and be like, okay, so uh, who is paying attention?
1: So the, other, the last question I have just before we go into solo stuff, um, is there anything living in this dungeon? Because if this is a moving dungeon now, it's possible you know a rust monster is just wandering around and gets stuck in the tunnel. And all of a sudden, a wall <laughs> opens up and there's a rust monster running after you. I mean, <laughs> uh,
2: you like them rust monsters, don't you? I Anywho. Mean, they're fun.
1: But there are a lot of subterranean type of monsters, even monsters mm-hmm. that live in the mountains areas that just all of a sudden you come and tra- there's a monster. They're like, uh, I would he imagine, said this was abandoned.
2: <laughs> I would imagine a live monster would help because that would give your merchant another reason not to want to go into yep. the tunnels.
1: And he's not going to warn them about that. Why would he? If they die, he just hires someone else. Yeah,
2: and this is like his third place he's gone to because he's after this one particular item. And he knows what it is, but he gives vague descriptions because he knows if he describes this pair of golden lions that you collect the both of them. You say the magic word. Next thing you know, they're full-size lions and you have them at your control.
1: Also, you get more stuff if you tell him big things. Yes. like Long game. It's, it's gold <laughs> and it's fuzzy. Someone's
2: but- having
3: fun.
1: Casey, are you dying? <laughs> I have a good idea. <laughs> and it makes me happy oh no does a <laughs> hag show up of course no. a hag shows Hag does
3: up, not show up in this at all
2: a
1: beholder shows up no so someone, i think
3: is someone missing a kidney at the
0: that
1: end that would be the last thing
2: lock uh, maybe in. does somebody pee on something at the end? Uh, possibly <laughs> yeah,
1: there <we> go, yeah. <laughs> i would say the last point for me to lock in is just the second run through because the first run through they can find something fairly easily and get mm-hmm. out so it's like this is too easy yeah it was too easy second run through They're going to start having problems with whatever creature you want to throw in there. So not only are there traps and there's treasure that will possess them, but there's also a monster after them. That would be my last lock-in.
0: One question that you might have to answer and that I would choose not to. At what point will the party just get frustrated and leave?
1: I mean, if it's y'all at the very beginning.
0: Yeah, yeah, probably. But, like, do they... They could kill the guy also... At the very end, you could be like, at any point in time, you could have gone back in town and rested in between going into the tunnel. Yeah, but you had that authority. He's
1: going to be pushing you to say, if you do it within a day, I'll pay you more money. So that, that's, 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 that's true. That's, yeah. Your party can absolutely say, we'll take less money. We're going to take a nap. Yeah. But I, are they going to? I'd I mean, g- if you have a rogue in the party, <laughs> just gonna be like, yeah. okay, you guys talk to him. I'll
2: sneak around and pick his pockets. Mm-hmm. So it's all just flavor at that point. But and
0: yeah. then, <laughs> pay you extra comes out to like 100 gold. This is just, as with about a third of ours,
3: this is one giant troll, is what this is. Yeah. (laughs) It is. It's
1: just how, it's almost the tone you play it with, I think. Uh,
3: Welcome to Blank Scenario, Mm -hmm. where we troll parties. Where everything's made up and the trolls don't matter. Yeah.
0: Okay, so for mine, we just started watching Gravity Falls again. (laughs) And Old Man McGuckin, his first episode where he's a main character is the one where, spoiler alert, uh, they're after pictures of the giant sea creature Mm -hmm. monster. And it turns out to just be, yeah, and Old Man McGuckin really had just built a giant one and terrorized people because he wanted attention. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Artificer character. So I'm kind of kind of going going with that theme some more. Artificer character is trying to build a certain, not not robot, but let's just say it's a certain set of armor that he's trying to complete. And however it is that he's come about this, he knows that all the parts are in this dwarvish dungeon, and he keeps sending you. It's like, uh, well, that's that's uh not that's not the right piece, but it's one I can use. And he just <laughs> keeps a- accumulating all these things. Stealing from another campaign we used to be part of, each piece has a different personality aspect to it that ends up contributing to this uh, soul or heart or whatever have you of the essence of the creature that this was and if you dig into the lore, that's like how he was taken apart and then scattered in this dungeon, never to be put back together. But Old Man McGuckin's found a way to send you through, I'm just calling him that, send you through and get the job done by using your party and offering to pay and, and uh, get you guys to hurry up. As he puts it together, he is able to complete it, assuming that you guys find all the pieces, and he's uh, super excited about it, but it comes to life on its own whoops. So (laughs) unwittingly you and him, because he's not, his intention wasn't to put this uh, entity back together for nefarious purposes as far as wiping out whoever it is he's going to wipe out, but that happens as a side effect, and then after going through this dungeon crawl, if you don't choose to go and rest, going through this dungeon crawl where you've expelled all of your spell slots, where you have spent all this energy and lost ammunition and health, You now go into a boss battle. So I would actually have this as a higher level spell. But the value of everything you get out of him, if you defeat him, makes it all the more worth it. Whether it's actual armor you can use, equipment, weaponry... um, but this would be the one chance that they have access to any of this. So once he's back together, the dungeon dissipates or destroys, caves in on itself. I played with the idea of the entrance being a rakshasa head <laughs> that they would have settle, to go in. Settle. That would be talking to them the whole time. Diamond but that just didn't fit. <laughs> maybe maybe you could use that. So I'm going to throw that out there. But yeah, also I was trying to get some film cow p- puns in there, but I couldn't make it work, so I gave up. <laughs>
1: Well, on a less um, comedic note, I guess. So for me, I would start off the party in whatever kind of medium-sized town you wanted. I think the desert's a really nice spot to put it, but you could be in the middle of forest and it still works for ruins some kind. So your party is approached by a merchant who has heard of them and wants to hire them to find this treasure. There is these dwarven ruins that he knows of. He's found a manuscript that's supposed to be. There's some really powerful treasure there. He's willing to pay a ton of money to get it. Go find it. So what the party doesn't know is this manuscript is gibberish. Doesn't mean anything. He made it up. And this is all just a ploy to get people to find treasure items for him. And he can try to undercut them for payment to sell in black market later. So this is just a scam he pulls constantly. If your party accepts, they are, you know, uh, so next day they head on out. The merchant sets up their campsite outside of it. Says head on in, figure it out. They go in there, you know, like the weird pathway for tunnels and all of that, get to the first room and they find a bunch of relics. Like, okay, it's got to be in here somewhere. He said, be careful don't for traps. So they look for traps, find the really obvious trap of like there's a stone in the floor to not step on. Something super obvious, like perception check of 10, whatever it is, someone's going to find it. And they find an item matching it. He says, look for a gold item with a ruby in it. That's all I can decipher so far. Gold item with ruby, pick it up, take it out. No, 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 that's the wrong one. You were only in there like five minutes. Did you not go into the dungeon? He walks down with them, gets to the main area. He's like, no, no, this is all junk. This is just the entrance. <laughs> There's another trap door they didn't see that leads into the dungeon. So this is just the entrance hall. So this is like pottery shards and like metal utensils that are rusting away. The normal stuff you find in, you know, old tombs. So they go into the main dungeon area. Door closes behind them. And on the other side, the merchant's like, oh no, it's locked. I can't open it. Well, go find the item and I'll try to open it for you. So he's now locked them in, whether they know this or not, because he would not say that as sarcastically in game as I would. So they now are basically locked in this dungeon. They have the option of doing nothing, and he's probably not going to let them out anytime soon if that happens. Or they can go and explore, find, again, some item that matches the description and come back. Now... Again, the merchant's trying to undercut them, so he's got some kind of payments, like, scale set up. So he's gonna lock them in, he's gonna leave them there for a day. So even if they find an in 30 minutes, walk back to the entrance, he's not there to talk to them. He's left, he's gone. They can try to find their way out if they want to. There's always some kind of exit, so, like, if they have a rogue, they can try to pick the mechanic, they can try to pick the mechanism, and get out, all that fun stuff. If not, they're stuck there for a day and they have to fight with any monster that might come up, any traps they might come across, any cursed treasure they've picked up. Standard dungeon affair. The next day it comes back, okay, I figured out how to open it. Opens it up, says, yes, this is the item. Thank you so much. But you took too long to get this item because, you know, it's been at least 24 hours since I opened. So I'm going to have to pay you less. So he pays them whatever the amount is and just leaves with it. So at any point, your party can undercut this by figuring out the manuscript is fake not getting locked in or getting locked in with him because then he can't get out they could just find a way out themselves or if they see through all this they can go through all this trouble and then kill the guy so there are lots of options for your party to mess with the entire story or they could just be you know like we're gonna be hired adventurers and just do whatever we were told so lots of room for error or for your rogue to blackmail someone later
0: leaving room for the party to mess with the dm back Which is what any good party does on a regular
3: basis anyway. They don't need help to be able to do that. They (laughs) already do that.
1: I just figure it would be like, because I even had a note written down that if they go back to the town, they probably see the merchant talking to another group saying the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. So at some point, they'll figure out this is some kind of scam to get treasure. But it's the question, do they figure out before or after they get paid? And also the question of what else do they pick up along the way? Because you could throw some really high level magical items in this dungeon. It could be, or just a really nice sword for all you care. Mm -hmm. He's only asking for the one item. That's all he's going to take, but he's going to underpay him for it. So this could be a nice loot drop for your party. If they don't have a lot of magic items yet, this could be just a nice little in-between thing. This could be something that if you get a party that wants to do a bunch of underhanded stuff, this is their way into the black market because now they have a contact.
0: Actually, that'd be be really good.
1: Yeah, so it's a nice kind of intro to a bunch of different things. And with, like, most dungeon crawls, I didn't go into details on that because... It's a dungeon crawl. Yeah, mm. you got your standard monsters you can find. you got your standard traps you can pull. You don't have to get super inventive. It's just the fact that they're stuck there, and they may or may not have been prepared for that. So that is my version. Grumpy Elf.
3: Okay. My mind went in a bunch of different directions as to what to do with this. And... I'm going to go ahead and preface this with basically what Marie said. I am not going to tell you as the DM what trap and what puzzle needs to be placed in what room to make this function. But what I will tell you is you need to prep 26 different rooms because here is what your players will encounter. And you only need to prepare all 26 if you know your players are going to make it through all 26. Okay. (laughs)
1: How much faith do you have in them?
3: Well, see, that's, that's the key to this. So your characters will come upon this merchant. This merchant is not inherently dishonest. This merchant honestly is trying to get items out of this dwarven ruin that he has right nearby him, and he has sent several people in, and some of them return with items, some of them return with nothing, and some of them don't return at all but he is still searching for this one item that he has been told is at the center of this labyrinth. And he knows that if he can get that item that he basically can retire. What this merchant doesn't know and what you as the DM will know is that this dwarven ruin was built in such a way to where only those who were quote unquote worthy will make it to the center of this maze. That is why every time you enter and leave this maze, it shifts and changes. Now, the reason I say 26 different rooms is because there's technically 27. The 27th one I'm going to tell you about. But the entire maze is built like a giant rotating Rubik's Cube. Oh. So whenever they leave, you as the DM get to take your Rubik's Cube that you will have with you (laughs) and shift it and adjust it and change it. Just mark it down with numbers so that you can keep track of which cube is which. And then as your players walk in, you can say, oh, you're in this room now, or, oh, you're in this section of the dungeon. So it will shift and change and you'll have an actual physical thing to keep track of. The rooms will have however many items that you want them to run across. This dungeon has been stocked with items that are possessed by the souls of the most chaotic dwarves that have lived in past, their most ancient weapons of power. And... In taking on these items, you will also be pushed and prodded to take on their personalities. Now, just because they're chaotic doesn't mean that they are sane, does not mean that they are insane, but I would keep it very simple on what the flaws are, and this is where my improv brain kicks in. Hmm. Do it where it's things like they have to speak with a lisp, or you could have it be where one of their flaws is that they trade out words, so they can't speak (laughs) certain words correctly. Or, you know, instead of saying the letter S, you'll use the letter L for whatever words that you come across. So give them a little bit of improv to go with it, but it's something that's simple. Or you can do physical attributes if you if they don't want to have to learn how to re-speak. But here's the kicker. They have to hold on to those personality quirks and make it out of the dungeon to get those items. But the merchant will continue sending you back in until you get the correct item, which is at the center of the dungeon. And that item is protected by a sphinx.
1: Ooh.
3: A sphinx that is going to require you to carry out certain trials. And those trials are going to test how badly you want to keep those items that you have come in there with. Ultimately, is going to be a Sophie's choice. Do you want these items that give you power but not ultimate power? Or do you want the ultimate power and are willing to discard these items? Because the dwarves knew anyone who could possess this did not need the rest. If you try to attain both, the Sphinx will attack and typically the Sphinx will win. If you're willing to give up one of them, you will get to keep the other. But you will get to design based upon what flaws, what personality quirks or physical limitations you've given your party, what challenges that Sphinx is going to make them undertake to be able to obtain that item. I love it. The idea that, that it was like one of the things the Sphinx makes you do is answer a riddle and because you have a lift, you can't properly answer the riddle. So you technically failed the riddle? That's what made me laugh. Sorry, go ahead. There's so much I could do with this.
1: Yeah. I was going to say, sphinxes are notorious for being highly clever, but also rules followers. So as long as you follow the rules, they can't do anything to you. They are a um, lawful being. They won't do anything. But if you do anything cheaty, you're in trouble. And one of your personality quirks could be, I don't like rules. Looking (laughs) at you, Rogue. Yeah. No, when the paladin picks up that item, it's like, I don't like rules.
0: Uh... (laughs) All you got to do is you got to pick famous dwarves in history like Gimli or Shrebulok (laughs) and you just tell them to you pick a trait from them and then you say this is your trait go you can say your name and that's it
1: that has been almost a classic dungeon crawl with a couple of twists on it
3: it's only our second one
1: yeah so we've done a classic dungeon dungeon crawl again on blank scenario so we'll eventually come back to that in like six months (laughs)
3: at the rate we're going yeah
2: one
1: every six months yep got to to keep them varied enough Mm -hmm. yeah that works that's been several blank scenarios this episode so thank you for listening and we will see you next time
3: ring ring hello
2: this is darkling speaking i wanted to thank you for listening and encourage you to leave a review if you'd like to get a hold of us, you can find us on Twitter, at PotatoCandyNet. Or you can go to PotatoCandyNetwork.com and follow the links to our Twitters and Patreon. We have more content in the works, as well as premium material for our Patreon in the future, so be sure to give us a follow.
3: Hello! Bob Spuds here on the scene, once again, reporting for Potato Candy Network. Thanks for listening. If you liked what you heard, please consider subscribing on your podcasting app of choice. If you have a scenario prompt you want us to use, send it to us on social networking with Instagram and Facebook at Potato Candy Network. And if you really liked us, consider supporting us on Patreon for bonus content monthly, such as behind-the-scenes sneak peeks, inspirations, and future episode previews. Check out our brother show, Dreadful Tales, for some top tensionful, full truly terrifying tales of terror. <laughs> Got that on the first try, you know. And finally, please leave us a review, as it helps your recommendations and helps others find the hard work we do here at Potato Candy Network. Oh, and friendly reminder,
1: if someone asks you if you're a god, don't think of marshmallows. <laughs> Nobody likes that guy.